Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage comes from Psalm 68, 69, and 70. These uh, first two Psalms are very lengthy. I'm going to try to cover them the best I can, but the nature of, of course, just doing three chapters is sometimes it's three small chapters and then other times it's like this one where it's two really really big psalms and a little one so I'll do my best to skim the surface Um, Psalm 68 is a a psalm of David and he says God shall arise his enemies shall be scattered and those who hate him shall flee before him as smoke is driven away so you shall drive them away as wax melts before fire so the wicked shall perish before God Sing to God, verse 4, sing praises to his name, lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts. His name is the Lord, exalt before him. Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. He's declaring the faithfulness of God, this uh, Psalm 68. It's it's a time of celebrating, celebrating how much God cares for us and how he looks after us, the fatherless, the widows, those that are hurting and broken, and how he is a deliverer of his people up against any enemy, and that any enemy is really of no match for the Lord. It's the same as if you're near a fire and there's smoke and you take your mouth and you blow, and how quickly the smoke moves and dissolves, such as the Lord coming in to settle our battles coming in to defend us, that's the ease in which it is for him. Declaring that should arise faith in us because the mountains and the giants and the enemies that we face sometimes seem so large and inconquerable and it feels as though so so daunting, but to the Lord it is still so remarkably easy, easy to move on our behalf. Yet we will have many seasons where We are essentially waiting for a move of God in a circumstance that we know that he could easily move on. And it's not that it's too difficult for him. It's that he is a God of perfectly orchestrated sovereignty and timing. And so therefore, there will be a lot of moments where we feel as though we're just waiting on him to show up. But he's there. He's just waiting for the perfect time to move And that is very difficult for our flesh to process and understand. And it always has been from the beginning of time. And a lot of these Psalms were written by David right there in the middle. And the way that he would get through it was by declaring the power and the faithfulness of God. And then instructing the people to do the only thing that we really can do while we're waiting. And that's to worship and praise and to call our souls to remember the good things that he's done before. And so he says, sing to God, sing to praises, 
sing praises to his name, lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts. His name is the Lord, exalt before him. You know, your flock fell at, uh, rain in abundance, O God, you shed abroad. You restored your inheritance as it languished. Your flock found a dwelling in it. In your goodness, O God, you provided for the needy. The Lord gives the word. The woman who announced the news are a great host. And he goes on and, and um, he said, oh, verse 16, Why do you look with hatred, O many peaked mountain, at the mountain that God desired for his abode? Yes, where the Lord will dwell forever. The chariots of God are twice ten thousand, thousands upon thousands. The Lord is among them. Sinai is now in the sanctuary. You ascended on high, leading a host of captains in your train and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious that the Lord God may dwell there. And he's comparing this mountain of Bashan to uh, Sinai. You know, we could assume that the Ark of the Lord's Covenant has found a resting at Sinai in this psalm. And so now that the Ark of the Covenant is resting at Sinai, then this other mountain that would have been a large giant mountain, it says, why do you look on with hatred? And it's the, it's the mountain, it's the people. It, this is a really just to compare and contrast the understanding of where God's presence is, there is blessing. And so, while the Ark of the Covenant is not the uh, the holder of God's presence as it was in this day, the Word now says that I am the holder of God's presence. If I, if I believe on Jesus and I receive the Holy Spirit, then I carry God's presence. And since I'm a carrier of God's presence, that means that there is a commanded blessing upon my life. And it will come in due time. And there I can, when I look on it at other people, other vessels, and other mountains, and other giants, I know that in due time, God will raise me up because His presence is inside of me. And if I am dwelling with Him, then eventual blessing will come my way. They had this understanding in those days. That where the ark was, there was blessing. And I think if we could get to the place where we could get understand that where God's presence is, there is blessing. I think there would be seldom days that we would ever go without getting into his presence. Because when I need blessing, I need presence. When I need blessing, I need the ark of the covenant. I need to get in between the cherubim. I need to, I need to get with the Lord of hosts. They would have had to have gone to a physical place, but I can go to a spiritual place when I just meet with God. When I meet with Him privately in a closet with the door shut. When I meet with Him where two or more are gathered together. You know, there, there's, and if we could really understand that if I can invite the presence of God in, that there will be a pronounced blessing on me and my situation in my life. I think that we would hunger and crave for that in a way that they did. And I like verse 19, blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. And that's so true. The Lord does daily bear us up each day. He is a God of salvation. And uh, He's going through uh, all of the details of a procession and how we are to worship God in all seasons and circumstances. And we should take worship incredibly serious. They, would even, they were even orderly and structured in their worship making sure that God got the praise that he was worthy of. It wasn't something they waited on their feelings to instruct them in. It was a command blessing, or it was a command in order uh, upon upon their people that God was worthy of praise and he should be given it. And uh, so they, they, they would uh, even set up pro uh, processions, parades of 
people going through their city and just worshiping God. Could we even imagine that, even in our country or even in our city? But maybe we can't start there. What about even just in our home? That we would just have a culture in our home of we're going to give God worship. We're going to give God praise. And we're going to do so orderly, you know. And uh, so then uh, it says, Summon your power, O God, the power by uh, which you have worked for us. And uh, so it goes, he goes on to say, just work. We know you're able. This is all like smoke to you. Would you come and move and work? We know that you're worthy of it. And we're going to sing and praise you while we're waiting for you to work. And so you just, you just kind of see that little template there of, of what to do. I think everyone listening to this podcast today is waiting on something, aren't we? You know, we, we really, we really feel like we never stop waiting. We go from one waiting to another waiting, but there's a pretty clear recipe of how to wait. And that's that I declare God's ability because that stirs up my faith to believe. I look back with thanksgiving on what he has done. And then I worship and I praise him. I wait silently, but I worship my way through the middle. Uh, you know, and then I'm asking for him to show up and to move with persistence. Lord, move in my situation. I know that you're able. I know that you can. I'll worship you all the while. And I just pray that you show up and work and move. And so then we get into Psalm 69. It's another lengthy psalm, another psalm of David. And he's in a, he's in a bad spot here. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters and the flood sweeps over me. I am weary with my crying out. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. So again, we, we, we see here, he's waiting. He, he's, he's waiting. And it's, listen, sometimes it's weary in the waiting. I, I, can't, I can't stand waiting. But sometimes it's weary and it's burdensome to be just waiting on God to move, especially when you know that he's able to do it. But we're trusting. And, uh, you know, David goes on here and he says, um, you know, but zeal for your house has consumed me. You know, I wept and humbled my soul with fasting. You know, he says, I'm just, um, life is not good to me right now and people are against me, but I'm waiting for you. And I respect and I trust in your timing. Verse 13, but as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord, at an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me in your saving faithfulness at an acceptable time. Answer me, O Lord, for your steadfast love is good. According to your abundant mercy, turn to me. And so just David understands that, you know, I, I don't like where I am, but I know that you have a plan for what you're doing. And so I trust you and I worship you and I praise you in the middle of what I'm going through. And um, I know that at an acceptable time, at the perfect time, you're going to show up and you're going to show out. And I'm not going to be bitter or let this season be ruined because it's not where I want to be. Because just because where it's not where I want to be, it's not where I should be. Because if this is where you're standing, then this is where God wants you. Even if you put yourself there, you know, even through bad decisions, then it's still where God wants you because he wants to humble you through this situation so that he can exalt you. And so we cannot despise our situation, our circumstances, because we must trust in the sovereignty and the timing of God and we make our appeals known to him. But then we rest and we worship and we wait. 
And, uh, and so that should really be one thing that sets us apart as Christians is that we are not miserable uh, uh, lingering and waiting for the next thing, the next financial breakthrough, the next relational breakthrough, the next season of life, that, that we just have a contentment like Psalm 1 says, that I'm, I'm planted by the riverbank and I'm just drawing my, my nutrients from the presence of God and drought come and famine come you know and sunshine comes and partly cloudy days arise and storms appear and yet i'm steadfast through it all because i know that the lord is going to do according to his will and he's going to fulfill the plans that he has for my life and we should have that confidence you know it goes through and there's a lot of this uh, you can't forget the prophetic of what the Psalms and through David's life are always leaning into. You know, verse 21, they gave me poison for food and for my thirst. They gave me sour wine to drink. And of course, that sounds so much like Jesus being on the cross as they lifted up sour wine for him to drink. And I believe that some of the things that David was going through was things that some things I think he symbolically went through. And then some things I think he really physically went through. You know, because it would be both of which would be prophetic and would be prophecies that would be fulfilled by Jesus. Wouldn't it make sense to us that if he that Jesus is going to be from the lineage and the line of David, that David would even speak about things and have gone through things that would be um identical to the things that Jesus went through. This was be this was for our benefit to confirm prophecy so that we would not miss the Messiah. And you know, let's talk about how deep that is. You have no idea why you're going through things. He didn't know if there was a time when sour wine and poison was being offered to him to drink when he was in a deep, deep despair. And if there really was a time where his clothing was being gambled for, you know, he had no understanding of why that was to happen. But what greater of a purpose was there for his life that he would go through these things so that when Jesus would go through these things, that people would recognize that this must be the Messiah because from the lineage of David, through David, these very same things happen or at least these very same things David wrote about, you know, and so you just don't know why you're going through something and you may not ever even in your lifetime know why you're going through it. Uh, verse 30, it says, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. You know, that's kind of the word for today. I'm going to talk about Psalm 70 in just a minute, but I didn't want to leave off um, the word magnify because magnify is the word that was on my heart really as I read through these three Psalms because uh, it is so uh, easy to magnify the worries and the problems uh, and the things of life and the enemy's attacks and his his schemes and you know these things are naturally they're they're clickbait you know what i'm saying when when you're scrolling a, a website it's a, you know the the clickbait pops up and it's already magnified isn't it it takes up both sides of the screen uh, and it's blinking and it's loud and you know it, it it is desperate for your attention and uh we live in a world where there's always something that's trying to be magnified and steal our attention but we should as disciplined disciples magnify Jesus and it even says how we do that magnify him with thanksgiving it magnifies God which means it minimizes the enemy and it minimizes my flesh when I magnify God with thanksgiving so when we when we are no matter the season feast or famine 
I need to make a, a habit and cultivate a, a, a lifestyle of thanksgiving and coming before the Lord. I shared that with you yesterday, my template of praying that I always come before the Lord and be thankful first. And sometimes it's incredibly difficult. Sometimes I drop the ball and I'm thankful for about 25 seconds before I slip off into being, you know, an intercessor and being a whiner and, all, you know, all these other things. But I try, the better the better the days I have, honestly, probably the longer I linger in my thankfulness. And, and, and um, because it magnifies Him and it minimizes everything else, there's nothing wrong with interceding and praying for all these other things. But we can't, we got to make sure, you know, Laura and I, uh, my wife Laura and I were just talking about this the other day about how a lot of times intercessors are such sad, such sad people. And she's even reading a book about how to be a happy intercessor. And the reason why I think that is is because if you're always magnifying everybody else's problems and what everybody else is going through and what the enemy is doing, that's, that's, that, that's, that's weary. Uh, you know, that, that's dreadful. And it's hard to be hope-filled and excited from that. And so we'll, while we need to make intercessions and while we need to pray for things to move and ask for God to point out things in us that are offensive uh, to Him and do all these things, I think that the majority of our time spent in the presence of God needs to be in thanksgiving. Okay, because that's what's going to, we need to magnify God. I don't need to magnify this situation. I don't need to magnify, uh, you know, my worry. I just need to cast my care. I don't need to magnify it. I don't need to, you know, sometimes we just, we get out, we go into the Lord's presence and we get out our, our telescope and our microscope and our magnifying glass and we just start to zoom in on everything and everyone and that's not what it's for. God's going, hey, put that telescope my way. Put that magnifying glass on my word. Let's zoom into me because that's where the blessing is. Remembering my goodness and my faithfulness again. Okay, you know, David didn't size up Goliath. He knew how big God was. I didn't, it didn't really matter how big David was. I mean, it didn't really matter how, it didn't matter how big David was, but it didn't matter how big Goliath was. I think sometimes we study Goliath too long and we're not called to do that. We're called to magnify Jesus. Okay, Psalm 70, make haste, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. You know, again, this is David, all three for David, right? Trust, this is just like us, isn't it? God, I trust in your timing. Lord, you're able. I know you're willing. Uh, but could you get to it? Make haste. Come on here, Jesus. Let's move. I'm dying here, right? So there's nothing wrong with that. You know, to say, God, just, just I'm poor and needy. I need you. I'm weak. I'm humbling myself before you. You're my help and you're my deliverer. Oh, Lord, do not delay. That's an honesty to come before the Lord sometimes in your brokenness and go, God, I need you to move, and I need you to move quick, because I'm dying here, right? And the Lord hears because He has the attentiveness and the love of a Father. And so we can come before Him with a respect for His sovereignty, but also with an earnest desire that, God, I need you. Would you move on this today? Would you move on this right now? Could you move on this this week? I'm just barely holding on here. The Lord desires the honesty of His people, and a lot of times He answers through those earnest prayers.